This is Reverend Karen coming at you with another Fearlessly Feral podcast. And today I want to talk about getting back on the horse. That's cowgirl speak for getting back into what passes for a normal life after life has been decidedly abnormal. But first, let me do my little introduction here. Welcome to Fearlessly Feral Living, broadcasting to you from the Woogie Ranch out here in the back 40 of northwestern Nevada, where I'm a half an hour away from the nearest gas station and the nearest grocery store. This is a podcast devoted to using new thought principles to ensure successful creative living. Fearlessly Feral is a focus ministry of Centers for Spiritual Living and is devoted to the vision of a world in which everyone lives fearlessly feral, in other words, wild and free. We blend spirituality and psychology to work from the inside out to promote successful wild and free living. So, as I mentioned earlier, this episode is about getting back on the horse. Now, if you've ever gone off a horse, you might know that wisdom says to get right back on for a whole bunch of reasons. I've gone off my horse before, and each time I've gotten right back on. I haven't ever not gotten back on, so I don't know what happens if one doesn't get back on. But for me, getting back on is necessary. It tells the horse I'm not going to take that shit if the horse was naughty. It tells the horse I forgive him if it was just a plain and simple accident. It tells me that I can still ride even if I've gone off. And that's important. And I found that life is a bit like riding a horse. If you go off, you have to get right back on again. And haven't we gone off big time when we sheltered in place for two years? Now it's time to get back on. And I know some of us are quicker about these things than others. Some of us are fully integrated back into society and life is good. But some of us, not so much. (laughs) Getting back on has turned out to be easier said than done for some of us. And there's even names for this. Folks who like to name such things are calling this thing reintegration or social reintegration. And there are some problems cropping up with that reentry. Those same folks who are giving it names are calling what happens to us when we're trying to reintegrate or reenter into society. They're calling it post-intensive care syndrome and post-isolation syndrome and reentry anxiety. And none of that stuff sounds very good and none of it feels very good. It's a real thing. So if you've been feeling anxious or fatigued or depressed, take heart. So are a lot of others, which means you are not alone. And the plethora of names for this thing means a lot of folks have studied this. And that means, at least in my world, that there is a solution. These same folks are recommending some very practical things for managing this. They tell us to pace our activities. In other words, don't try to do too much too soon. They say to reestablish routines that were disrupted because you were working from home or sheltering in place. And of course, if there are physical things going on, see your doctor. But I want to talk about this thing from a spiritual point of view. Because inherent in the anxiety, depression, uncertainty, and all those other unpleasant things that we may be experiencing... There's a beautiful opportunity to create a new normal. 
And creating something new in our lives is what spirituality is all about. In this teaching called Science of Mind, we teach that you are th- if you are thinking, you are creating. Now, before you push back and tell me how that simply isn't true, let me add this. It's more accurate to say that it is the patterns of our thinking that do the creating. It's the thoughts that have strong feelings attached to them that do the creating. It's the thoughts that have deep-seated beliefs behind them that do the creating. Yes, if we're thinking, we're creating, but there's a little bit more to it. It just sounds better to say, if you're thinking, you're creating. The point is that in looking at a thing like post-COVID shelter-in-place re-entry as an opportunity to create something new, the first place we need to look is at the level of our thoughts, particularly the patterns of our thoughts. And if you're thinking that you don't want to create a new normal, that you just want to go back to the way it was before, yeah, that's not going to work so well. Get ready for a disappointment because it's not possible to go back. Let's face it. We can't go back to the way it was before because things are different and we are different. And here's just an example of that. Look at it from a technical point of view. The sheltering in place that resulted from COVID forced us to come up with ways to work without leaving the house. Enter technology. There's Zoom and FaceTime and YouTube and all sorts of things that we did not have before. And it's opened up a whole new world. I know many people who are only attending 12-step meetings online now. And they're very happy doing it. Personally, I'm doing both. I'm aware of churches where Zoom has allowed them to invite people from all over the world to attend their activities. My focus ministry is one of them. When I teach online, I get people from all over the place. This is the new normal for our world. Personally, every once in a while I go and I search for what's being offered out there in the world for online classes. Oh my God, it's so wonderful. We've opened up a whole new world here. So this new technology created an opportunity for us, and we jumped right into it for most of us. That new technology, attending things via Zoom, that's the new normal today. And if there can be a new normal with technology, there can be a new normal for us emotionally and spiritually. I consider myself pretty lucky. During shelter-in-place, I was able to work online for the most part. And I was able to do shelter-in-place and study and learn. And not only did I study and learn new tools and tips and tricks and cool things, but I was able to study and learn more about myself. I had many awarenesses both during and after shelter-in-place. I got a lot of clarity during shelter-in-place. But I'm still in the process of creating a new normal for myself in my life. I didn't know it was suggested to pace oneself upon re-entry, but that's what I'm doing. I'm considering how I want to live post-COVID and what I want to do and how I want to show up in the world. I've done some soul searching about the kinds of people I want to associate with. I've come to realize that I simply am a changed person. Much of my naivete is gone. Much of my childlike wonder is gone. 
I'll be real honest here. I've been depressed, I've been anxious, and I've been in no small amount of shock at the behavior of many of my fellow humans. I have not come out of this unscathed. In many ways, shelter in place created a dark night of the soul for many people, including me. Coming out of that isn't always easy, but again, I still say this is an opportunity to create great and wonderful things. The truth is, we can, cre- we can either create something new and great and wonderful, or we can go on living in darkness. For me, the choice is very clear. And here is where spirituality comes in. Because it has been both tempting and easy to think about and focus on anxiety and depression. I've experienced the fatigue and the lack of energy. It's been very tempting to go to the doctor and get some meds, and I haven't. Because I don't consider that a long-term solution. Therapy could work, but there's a better way. There's a more efficient way. A way that I believe in absolutely because this thing I'm about to introduce you to has worked for me before to bring me out of any doldrums that I happen to find myself in. Now before someone goes and takes this a bit too far and starts thinking that I'm advocated not using what we call outside help, nothing could be further from the truth. Use the meds if they're indicated. Use the therapy if it's needed. Use whatever you feel like you need to use. It's all good. What I'm saying here is that spiritual tools are helpful, extremely so, and that they are very, very powerful. So, are you ready to see what some of these tools are? Okie dokie, let's move on. (laughs) I live, eat, and breathe this teaching called Science of Mind. It isn't a religion. It's been described by founder Ernest Holmes as a philosophy and a way of life. This teaching called Science of Mind says that if we change our thinking, our outcomes will change. It says that there is a thing called the law of attraction, which means that what we focus on is what we attract into our lives. This teaching says we can use our connection with spirit or force or that God thing Whatever you want to call it, we can use our connection with that to give us strength, power, wisdom, and clarity, and to treat ourselves with loving kindness as we navigate creating a new normal. That's all spiritual stuff. Or, as Ernest Holmes puts it, spiritual psychology, which is my absolute favorite thing in life. So here's my list of things to do. To navigate reintegration or reentry into a post-COVID world. And this stuff helps with all of that anxiety and depression and all that other thing that they give exotic names to. In fact, this stuff can eliminate it entirely. It's that powerful. So here's number one. Be kind to yourself. This is the ultimate in self-care. Did you know that self-care is a spiritual practice? It is. I find that focusing on compassion for self and others has been helpful, such as what one might do in the Buddhist loving kindness meditation. This suggestion is the spiritual way of talking about pacing yourself. Just be kind and gentle and compassionate to you and to everyone around you. That's number one. Here's number two. Don't fight the feelings. 
Finding them just makes them stronger. Instead, acknowledge them and allow them to flow through you, thanking them as they pass on by and replacing them with other feelings that serve you better. For example, replace anxiety with thoughts that allow you to feel peace or tranquility or contentment. Replace depression with gratitude. Remember that one of our teachings is that what we focus on expands. So don't focus on the anxiety or the depression. Focus on peace or gratitude. Here's number three. Move. No, I don't mean move your location. I mean move your body. Our bodies were not meant to be sedentary. They were meant to move. Even if you have to walk with a walker, do so. Even if you have to pace up and down the hallway in your house because there's three feet of snow or six feet of snow outside, do so. Or do a yoga thing on from the TV. I don't care how you move. I'm just advocating movement. Unless, of course, your doctor has said, don't move. Now, why on earth a doctor would tell us not to move is beyond me. I don't get telling us not to move. But I'm not a doctor. So if a doctor tells you don't move, then don't move. But I'm advocating movement. Here's number four. Go within. This is another name for introspection. Or if you're in a 12-step program, do an inventory. Do something on behalf of the spiritual practice called personal self-awareness. And there are so many ways to do this. Journaling, getting some coaching, using therapy, simply paying attention to your thoughts and feelings as they crop up works. And in this teaching, we have folks called practitioners that are specifically trained to do spiritual coaching and help you discover the beliefs that are blocking your way and then how to replace those beliefs with something better. Use a spiritual coach. Use a practitioner. You'll be glad you did. Discover who you have been and what you want to be. Release who you have been with gratitude. And replace that old you with a new you. Number five, instead of reestablishing old routines like the non-spiritual folks are recommending, I say create new ones. This isn't about completely ridding yourself of the old routines we had pre-COVID. It's about taking a look at them to see if they still apply in our lives as we want to live today. And it's about creating some new ones. Number six, meditate. Again, I don't care much what kind of meditation you do. There's so many different kinds. You can look it up on Google or you can just keep it simple and sit for a spell every day and focus on your breath. Now, if you've experienced some trauma and focusing on your breath is difficult as a result of that, doesn't feel safe focusing on your breath, then there's different kinds of meditations. Here's an example. Set up some bird feeders and watch the birds for a while each day. And I mean really watch them. Notice what kinds there are. Notice the colors of the birds. Notice what seed they seem to prefer. Notice how they flit around. Do this for 10 or 20 minutes, not thinking about anything else but those birds and when you stop, give yourself a metaphorical pat on the back because you just focused on something with enough, 
well, focus, to be able to say that you meditated. Or go for a walking meditation. Walk around and focus on the placement of your feet. Focus on the rhythm of your steps. Focus on the breeze or the lack of it on your face. Focus on the temperature around you. When your mind drifts off to what you're having for dinner, gently bring your focus back to your walk. That's meditation, folks. And meditation has been shown to help with things like depression and anxiety. By the way, it also strengthens the immune system and does all other sorts of good goodies for us. The point here is just meditate. Just do it. Just sit. And last but not least, number seven, use God. Okay, I'll be honest here. I didn't want to spook anyone, so I didn't list this one first. But really, it should always be first. It should be foundational. It should be fundamental. And here I am saying should, and I don't like saying should, but man, I feel so strongly about this piece. So strongly. But there's a different way to use God than the way that we are normally taught. Now, when I say use God, I mean connect and affirm. I don't normally advocate the normal way that we think of using God, which is beseeching to an outside entity. Prayer, in other words. Beseeching to an outside entity. Thinking of God as something separate from me with a human pronoun. For me, that's just not a big enough God. Science of Mind teaches that God or spirit or the thing that is or the stuff that is. Are you getting the picture? You can call it whatever you want. Is a part of us. And that we are a part of it and that it is everywhere present. Another way to put that is it is the great reality that is deep within us. An outer God that has a male or a female human pronoun, again, it just isn't big enough for me. An outer God that isn't connected to me isn't big enough either. Because if it isn't connected to me, how on earth do I get the power and the courage and the clarity and the wisdom to do what I need to do to successfully reintegrate? Now, lots of folks like to use intermediaries to God. The problem with using an intermediary intermediary is that you can only get access to the intermediary at certain times, like when you go to church on Sunday mornings. And you use that priest or that minister or that pastor as an intermediary to get to God. I'm saying we're gonna, we got a straight shot here. And we can connect and be with and have God in us 24-7. That's what praying 24-7 means, by the way. When it says in the Bible to pray without ceasing, that's what it means. It means to carry the consciousness of that spirit, that Christ consciousness, that God stuff within us 24-7. And so when we want to do something like reintegrate into society after spending God knows how long sheltering in place, and we're feeling anxious and we're feeling depressed, we've got that something inside of us that's a part of us that is bigger than all of that. And it can give us the courage and the power and the clarity and the wisdom to be kind to ourselves, 
to allow those pesky, nasty feelings to flow through rather than just fighting them, to move around and to go within. Having a God as the great reality deep within us allows us to effortlessly and easily do those six things that I just suggested. If using God as a porn concept to you, I recommend sitting down in silent contemplation with a journal in hand and write about what God is to you, what it looks like, feels like, where it lives, and what it does. If you're the studying type or you like to read, read the introduction in the Science of Mind textbook. That'll get you thinking. (laughs) There's another book by Ernest Holmes called This Thing Called You. You could read that too. Begin there. See where it takes you, because it will take you somewhere great. So that's the deal, folks. That's how to successfully re-enter life in a post-COVID world that has gone crazy. Do those six things. Be kind to yourself. Don't fight the feelings. Move around. Go within. Create new routines and meditate. And do that all built upon a foundation of something within you that's a part of you and yet so much bigger than you. Hang in there. It gets better. I promise. Thank you for listening today. I very much appreciate it. Fearlessly Feral Living is a focused ministry of Centers for Spiritual Living, and your support is much appreciated and fully tax-deductible. You can support us in another number of different ways. And I have all the links in the show notes. But you can support the podcast by becoming a member on Patreon, by donating on our PayPal page, or by supporting the podcast through Buzzsprout. And I thank you very much. Once again, thank you for listening and have a wonderful, fearlessly feral day.